Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I am Midge Munster. And today we are going to delve back in. I feel like this is exactly how you started the last episode. <laughs> there's a lot There's a lot of delving going on here There's lately. so much delving. Well, I do think it's interesting. Uh, you and I this week, so we record two episodes when we get together uh, each time. And, and we both picked something that we are afraid of this week, which I think is really uh, interesting. So this is a, a fear point for me. And today we are going to be talking about the Uncanny Valley, um, which if you are not familiar, uh, Uncanny Valley is kind of the the concept of when something is familiar yet strange. Um, this is when you uh, something makes you uncomfortable to look at is the general, yeah. but we'll get more into that here in a minute. Um, so I guess let's start with where this term comes from because i actually uh i've always heard this and i knew that it was something that i didn't like but i didn't really know (laughs) what it meant um so this was first hypothesized in 1970 by roboticist uh, japanese roboticist moshido mori and so this term comes from robotics which makes Mm -hmm. sense because of what it is um and his hypothesis basically was that as non-human things look more human, they become more likable or acceptable, but only up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're looking at a graph with like your your X and Y axis, the line, uh, you know, where one axis is like likability and one is human resemblance, the line will go steadily up, 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 and then it will hit a peak where all of a sudden it becomes uncomfortable and it drops all the way to the bottom. That bottom point is the uncanny valley. Um, Literally a valley in the the line. There you go. So uh, basically the the sense of of viewer familiarity like drops really sharply, specifically when like an artificial figure. So in this instance, a robot um, but we'll also get into the usages of this in like video games and film. Yeah. Uh, when it, you know, tries to, but fails to mimic realistic human action or sound or something to that effect. Uh, what very clearly was the, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me when we talk about this is the movie The Polar Express. Oh my God. I've been thinking, <laughs> I've, been, I've been sitting here lying in wait being like, is she going to mention The Polar Express? Yes. And it was, uh, I mean, literally, if you if you look into reviews and stuff, because really that, uh, that movie had such hype. It was a, obviously a very popular book when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was I mean they put a lot of money into that type of animation and doing motion tracking on all the actors etc and uh, it really kind of bombed as a box office and they there's been a lot of studies done on this that it was the uncanny valley of it that it made mm-hmm. so many people so uncomfortable to watch um, that you know people don't it's I even I love the plot of the film i love the music of the film and it's not something i go back and watch every year though because there's something really unsettling about it yeah it's it's creepy uh i i think 
for that one in particular, I, I was doing some reading about how they shot that. I guess they, like, because they're they're wearing those, like, motion tracking suits, right, mm-hmm. with all the little sensors on them. Because there's no motion tracking sensors on the mouth or the eyes, that has to, like, go in and be artificially CGI'd even though everything else is actual human motion. And that's the like slight discrepancy that our brain picks up on. Um, And I find this so interesting because it's really a, a biological protection. It's like a survival instinct in our brains that is made to detect like, Oh, something's not quite right with this human. Yeah. uh, To protect us. But it ends up just making things very, very scary. Yeah, I, I definitely always think of just like dead eyes when I think yes. of that movie. And it and it is. It's like it's very unsettling to look mm-hmm. at it because it 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 looks good, but it makes you feel bad to look at it. <laughs> yes. Uh and so there was an article from Scientific American in 2012 that basically state that there was there's a lot of debate to this day. About whether or not, because as as you've noticed, I've called this the uncanny valley hypothesis this whole Mm. time. There is a lot of debate within the scientific community about whether or not this actually exists. Oh, interesting. Um, And even doing research for this episode, there is not a lot of research on this topic because they're still trying to figure out like what it is and where the point is that it drops off. Um, And... (laughs) I'm sorry. It exists. <laughs> it exists in a big way. I I think that it probably affects some people more than others, but this is a huge fear point for me. I think this is why I'm afraid of animatronics. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I mean, I guess I could I could see saying like maybe it's not like a valiness. Like I could I could argue, I could see the argument of like specific semantics. But it would be hard for me. I guess I would be interested in what um, what people say about it not existing because I feel like it's such like a universal experience right. that I've I, that people have that you know something reaches a point where it just feels wrong. Yeah, and uh, this is actually because of. So I guess there was a, a Pixar film um that oh it was called like the the tin toys or something i I forgot to write down the title of the film um but it went like straight to you know out yeah (laughs) and it was so upsetting that they had to like pull it basically and this was like part of the reason that studios started screening animated films and like putting animation leaks and stuff out into the world before releasing films and one of the like biggest instances of this uh dreamworks pre-screened shrek and fiona made all the kids in the audience like scream and cry because in her human form because she was too real but like Mm -hmm. also not and so they like literally went back and reanimated fiona through shrek and made her less realistic to give the brain that space to be like that is a cartoon yeah uh yeah oh it's so fascinating that our like brains 
have that that fail safe i guess right yeah <laughs> yeah i just i think about um like so many like right, things we see in the animal kingdom where it's like oh the butterflies have spots on them mm-hmm. so birds think that they're big and stuff like that and yeah, just so like different have, like, like eyes yeah like just different elements of like morphology that have evolved to like cause illusions and just the idea that we also are like evolved to like try to, to try to like identify like things like that and be like no that's not those aren't eyes those are creepy dead things get away from that yeah exactly yeah it's weird because it seems like we would be almost uh like well humans aren't that dumb they know what's real and what's not you know yeah (laughs) but there is part of our brain that's like wait is human Mm. or is robot (laughs) uh have you i'm sure you've seen sophia yes the the robot woman um so this was another big point where this was a huge topic of discussion because uh, she is very unsettling. She is unsettling. <laughs> and again, it's the like the dead eyes. Um, but th- so basically, the research the 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 point that they're hoping to reach with research on Uncanny Valley is to figure out. Uh, even though some scientists are like, eh, it doesn't exist. They're hoping to get to a point where they can basically train people's brains out of it, which honestly, that kind of scares me too, even mm, to like yeah. desensitize. Cause I mean, if you think about it, we've already been desensitized a lot. Like people from, you know, who were only alive to say like 1930, maybe if we brought them back and showed them like the Marvel universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean like, like that, the first picture with the train and people thought they were going to get run over by the train coming Mm -hmm. out of the movie screen. Like we've already been desensitized so much. uh, It's kind of scary to think about like, if we got desensitized to a point where our brains either couldn't or didn't care to, discern like that that's scary that that turns into scary like robots could take over territory yeah that that kind of puts like that gives me the mindset of like why like why why would why is it a bad thing that we can identify something that's not human (laughs) like what what would be the advantage to having a robot for example, that is like 100% indistinguishable from a human. Like, I don't think that we need to do that. That doesn't sound great. The science journals that I read said that their hopes for the use of it are medical, which I'm like, I don't buy that, Jeremy. Mm. But they were talking about wanting to basically create um, fake patient robots for medical students that would be like you know actually going through some kind of medical crisis sure that sounds true it definitely (laughs) wouldn't be something used for you know war evil Mm, right evil things yeah well there there's that famous um scene in in blade runner where they're doing like the the empathy test Mm -hmm. and i feel like that um like you're uh, yeah because that's i mean that's really the quote advantage right of having a robot is that it it is 
even if it can replicate empathy, it's not going to have actual human empathy or understand what it is to be human. And so, yeah, creating like an army of robots with no empathy, like... (laughs) Yeah, I'm like this sounds like a like a sci- the start of a bad sci a sci-fi movie that doesn't go great for us. Yeah. I saw iRobot, you can't trick me. <laughs> yep. But the next part I kind of want to explore mm. uh since this is I mean, obviously like I said this is already scary enough on its own to me. Um but this is also a fascinating thing that horror movies use I to know make us afraid and make us uncomfortable and i want to explore a little bit um different ways that we've seen this used in horror throughout the ages um some ways are pretty like obvious but i think some other ones people don't maybe think of as being this this phenomenon but it is um very specifically to start off just very easy peasy zombies are actually a creation of the uncanny valley which Mm. i think is really interesting like the the concept from that of them in the um night of the living dead (laughs) came from this concept of like what if corpse moved like person still Mm. but also slightly wrong and would hurt you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah like zombies um Michael Myers, well, all masked killers, but very specifically Michael Myers um, plays on the Uncanny Valley because his mask is a human, specifically a William Shatner mask um, that is painted white and blank to have this human face with no emotion or no, you know, um, sense of liveliness. Yeah. but then, of course, it is attached attached to a very human body that moves humanly. Uh, and then, of course, the big one, which this <laughs> this is where, outside of animatronics, which I feel like I'm getting better at, <laughs> this is where Uncanny Valley gets me every freaking time. And it is in horror where bodies move in the way bodies should not like yeah, possession yeah. films mm-hmm. people crab walking upstairs uh very specifically a thing that comes to mind is in the movie hereditary uh there is a scene where tony collette has kind of been taken over by Paymon, and she's like hanging upside down on this like trap door thing in the ceiling Mm -hmm. and shaking it really vigorously but too fast like yeah a way that a human body could never move and that image is seared in my brain i think about it once a month (laughs) yeah Yeah, when when you started talking about it um my first thought was like the ring and yes like yeah. kind of i know that it was a common um thing in japanese horror to film people backwards mm-hmm. and then reverse it and it just makes it so jerky and so like uncomfortable and you yeah. are just like this is wrong right it, yeah very much like triggers a specific like <laughs> response like a, a flight response in our brain of like nope 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 um i i will say too that is a um form of because it's uh, yes you're absolutely 100 percent correct started 
filming backwards and things like that. And now, though, there are scare actors that that's like what they do. They learn to move that way. Yeah, I've seen that on TikTok. It's fascinating. Like, good for you. Don't come near me, but good for you. Right. It's like, no, thank you. (laughs) It's like a really fascinating talent to have, though. Yeah, I don't know if if you've been in that in that side of TikTok, but like people who I think they describe it as like glitch, uh huh, um, glitch content where it like it looks like they are a robot who is like yes, you know, jerking around and kind of like failing, and it is so unsettling. There's that like one it's specific- very impressive, but it's very scary. Yeah, there's that one specific gal with the eyes. I I don't even she she looks like if Isma was a real life person. Yes. Uh, her and then there is a a gentleman as well who I, I first saw him on that that sound that's like Daisy Daisy <laughs> and it's like glitching and he does all the like oh yes it's the oh, Five you, Nights at Freddy's. Thing. I was just gonna say you must have hated when Five Nights at Freddy's was <sighs> trending and everyone was doing their best animatronic impression. <laughs> Vanessa, I'm a material girl. girl. Uh. Yeah, no, Five Nights at Freddy. And that's actually, so interestingly, uh, Uncanny Valley can also be not visual. It can be, like, auditory as well. And Five Nights at Freddy's uh, plays on that a lot, that the animatronics, like, when you're playing that game, they will um, cough or, like, gra- like gurgle or, th- you know, like, mm, breathe, yeah. we- wheeze, breathe, things that are inherently, like, human sounding yeah um that kind of trick your brain into like a weirdly false sense of security almost it's like a reverse uncanny valley (laughs) um they actually had some issues with this when programming siri uh trying to make her not sound like so human that it was unsettling yeah uh it yeah i just fascinating five the there's a lot of talk about this in like how game programmers are trained to understand this concept and try to figure out the the point you know where it's uh where it stops so that the game can still be enjoyable and successful Mm -hmm. but still have this heightened realism especially as we get into you know vr uh virtual reality and start exploring these new planes it would be very easy to blur like completely blur the lines between what is real and what is not and that is what i'm afraid of (laughs) or i think um that that tiktok filter where it makes photos like blank and stuff oh oh where it brings the photos to life yeah Yeah. and it's always like and i just i love it because like the and I think that that does kind of show that the Uncanny Valley is in different places for different people because, oh, like, absolutely. some people use that filter and they're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. My grandpa. I love it. And the other half are like, this is fucking terrifying. I hate right. this. Well, and I think, yeah, that probably, too, to an extent, has... So the this original concept uh, was actually, like, coined by... well. Uh, Maury was the person who actually used the term Uncanny Valley. Uh, but Sigmund Freud had a, a concept of this based on uh, a story called The Sandman, where this, this person falls in love with a robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it literally 
the the German translation literally meant like unfamiliar rather than like obviously uncanny oh, yeah. means like you can't clock whether or not it's real. Um, but the it, it it literally meant like not your kin, basically the the yeah. German translation. And so yeah, I could see where you know okay if I'm looking at a picture of my grandpa and it's like coming to life. I can still, my brain in there still somewhere is like, that's my grandpa. Yeah. Like, it's still familiar. But yeah, when I watch other people's videos of those photos coming to life and I don't know the people, it makes me uncomfortable. Because <laughs> yeah, there's something like weird about it. It's very weird. Or when people use it on themselves and like their own face starts moving oh, with God, them. Oh, God. I haven't moving. seen that. Oh, yeah. A couple of, I've seen a couple people oh. like. <laughs> Like, you just, like, put on, like, stay blank-faced and have it on their own face and be like, I am not, like, I'm not blinking. <laughs> it's doing this. It's very Or, like, weird. on a photo of yourself. That actually just made my spine tingle. Because I think seeing Ooh. myself move in a way that I know my face doesn't normally move would really upset me. Yeah, that'd be I don't like scary. that at all. No. Yeah, like, I, yeah, that, we could go into a whole nother layer of <laughs> For all these, sure. like, tiktok filters people using filters that literally don't even look like their face and then we we're building up this weird adaptation where we kind of see ourselves through filters online and we don't really know what our own faces look like right like, or like the, deep fake videos oh my gosh i told taylor i was doing this episode about uncanny valley and he's like yeah like that girl on tiktok with all the jobs that doesn't exist and i was like holiday hoobie wuddy <laughs> we watched this girl i don't know if any of y'all have seen this but her whole account was like people trying to guess what she did for a living. And they'd be like, no, she's a race car driver. And then she would be like doing a, a video. It was like the same video every time, same music, same dance. But she would just be in different uniforms at different locations. And she'd be like, no, they'd be like, no, she's a firefighter. And then it would cut to her like in a firefighter uniform in front of a fire truck doing the same dance. And Taylor was like, oh, yeah, like she's a deep fake. She doesn't really exist. You can tell if you look at her eyes. Yeah. And I was like, uh, uh, like that, this happened not but an hour ago. And that heaved my jeebs so badly. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've seen some of the, like, her... I've seen some of like the celebrity deep fake videos. Oh my God. Where, and, and like, and if you aren't looking to be like, hmm, I wonder if this is fake. Like you could definitely just scroll by and be like, wow, Brad Pitt yeah. doing this. Yeah. And the way that people could be like set up for crimes they didn't commit or like, you know, like the 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 malicious uses of that are just endless. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, this is very scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're talking about the point being at different places for different people. Something that very specifically also gets to me. <laughs> this is so weird and niche. Have you seen these people on like YouTube and stuff that collect the uh, like wear pups? These like baby dolls that oh. look like werewolf babies. I I have seen some some things. Yeah, they look they're like the <sighs> the baby reborns, but monsters. And like so realistic. And even the like way like if you pick up an arm of it and kind of let it drop, like the 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 weight of it, <laughs> the the function of the body like looks like a human baby. But with fur, I'll share a photo on the the Instagram stories on our Instagram when this comes out. But those types of things too are so like so upsetting to me. I, oh, uh, 
I can't. I but but some people collect them and love them, and I don't know. I, I don't have any. I don't have any ill will for you if you love them. That's great. But to me, it is like the most unsettling thing on the planet. Yeah, it looks too real. I feel like I would just be staring at it all the time, like waiting for it to like to breathe. come alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't even have like a, I don't have a doll thing. Like Chucky's never freaked me out. Annabelle doesn't freak me out. But that like, yeah, I'm like, I'm waiting for that thing to crawl across the room and bite me. (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah, it's very spooky. Uh, Well, thank you all for uh, being here with us today. If you also experience this at the level (laughs) or any level, but specifically at the level uh, at which I experience it, please let us commiserate together because I, uh, this is just so upsetting to me. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like, I feel like this was a rough episode and that you feel worse. (laughs) I don't feel better. (laughs) I don't feel better. I know the more I kept talking about it, I was like, Oh my God. And this could happen. (gasps) And this could happen. Yeah. I, I just, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. And let's all get together and petition scientists trying to train this out of our brains because it is keeping us safe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you would like to see pictures of were pups and other weird uncanny things, you can follow us over on our Instagram at ghouls night in pod. If you are enjoying this podcast, we would love for you to leave us a review if you feel so inclined. Uh, We have a lot of fun making it and we love to hear that you have a lot of fun listening to it. So uh, you can leave us a review on your pod catcher of choice and we might just read it live here on the air. Uh, Penny, do we have a review to share today? Uh, We sure do, Mitch. Um, This is a five-star review from Danny Girl 08 uh, titled Spooktacular Ghouls. <laughs> and uh, Danny Girl says, I love listening to these spooktacular ghouls. I look forward to the episode drop for my weekly dose of laughs and creeptastic facts I didn't know I needed. <laughs> these two bring a lot of joy to my little dark heart and keep spooky season alive all year. Keep bringing the spine-chilling goodness to my ear holes. <laughs> thank you danny we can Uh, definitely do that danny yeah i i have a feeling this episode in particular might chill your your spine so here here you go this one's for you danny (laughs) uh if you would like to keep up with both of us, you can find us on Instagram or across all platforms, really. You can find me at Midge Munster. And you can find me at Penny Snark. And until next time, goodbye. goodbye.